Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to JMac Tries Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason, aka JMac, and today you're for a special treat. On my show, I have the founder and CEO of Betty Designs, yes, Kristen Mayer. So excited to have Kristen on my show. She's just such an awesome person, so full of life, so full of energy, always smiling, always having a good time, and not taking herself too seriously. And this is a great episode about just that. It's about her humble roots as a fine arts major at USC and what she's going to do with that degree and uh, landing a pretty cool job at LA Gear, um, which is being in the right place at the right time, to uh, going over to Kona in 2010 with a backpack full of Betty designed jerseys and selling out of all 30 of them, and then heading back to the States and launching the company that you guys know today on Instagram and all over the world as Betty Designs. So just a real cool conversation with a really cool person, and I appreciate her coming on my show. So uh, before we get into it, I just want to say thank you very much to Zane Cycles for supporting my pod and supporting my triathlon season, and you could find them on Instagram at ZaneCycles or Zanes.com. So Without further ado, Kristen Mayer, the CEO and founder of Betty Designs. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hello, Kristen. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Technical difficulties? <laughs> yes. Okay. We're good. It's all good. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So you have some cold weather out there today? Relatively speaking, yes, it's about 60 and they're saying up to 50 mile an hour gusts of wind, but I'm not seeing it quite that crazy right now. Well, for once I'm recording a show and someone I'm speaking to on the West Coast has worse weather than I do. We have a beautiful <laughs> 74 degree spring day here in Connecticut. So Nice. Well, good for you guys. You deserve it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's after this early spring, it is deserving, although tomorrow... You know, today's Friday. We're recording this on Friday. I have a three-hour ride, and uh, it's going to be 40 degrees and raining. So, Oh, no, 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 no. That's not okay. <laughs> I'm thinking Zwift is on, my, is on my calendar for tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank goodness for Zwift. Yeah. Hey, did you guys just do another ride I saw maybe a day or so ago? We, uh, we actually have rides twice a week. So we've got a hard workout on Tuesday mornings. That's 90 minutes. And then we've got a social ride Friday mornings. And do you run both of those? I do. I try. I think I've made almost every Tuesday one. And then I've got um, another member of the Betty squad running the, the Friday social ride for me. That's awesome. Now, who makes up the workouts? You know, it's funny you ask. Um, for the Tuesday workouts, I actually wrote the workouts based on, and I am not a coach, and we have that in the description all the time. But um <laughs> You know, with all my experience, I have some kind of some favorite sorts of pyramids and things that I do. And um, so I basically wrote the workouts and then I went into the back end of Zwift and um, got it into. They have a pretty, pretty solid interface on how to do it. And you can put in text prompts so that while you're riding, it'll say, hey, the next big interval is coming up. And so you don't have to text and try and work out at the same time. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty cool. Technology's neat. <laughs> it, it is right. We were talking about this offline. Um, yeah. Full, dis full disclosure: this is our second call. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's like we technology just keeps jumping forward leaps and bounds. But we we expect so much out of it when it doesn't work. You're just like, what happened? Why can't we just you know so much easier with a landline and uh, face to face meetings? 
I know. Well, it's like if your phone dies or your internet goes out for the day, you're lost. Or at least I am. I'm like, what am I? What? And you freak out. I'm like, wait a minute. I haven't had this my whole life. I need to settle down. It's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, especially you and I, you know, we're, we're, we, we grew up in the, you know, 90s, uh, 80s, 90s. And uh, we were in business back then. Um, and it was like, you use the, you use the landline. You actually drive to a location and yep. go on a pay phone. <laughs> yep. I know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The kids think we're nuts. Yes, they do. It's all good, though. So let's, um, you know, I, I want to go back to this whiff thing, because when you and I spoke before, you were just like beamed with excitement when you found out you guys were going to be on Zwift. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about that and how, how you guys got Betty Designs on Zwift. Well, it was funny because when the when the platform first came out, I was a pretty early adopter and um, I, I reached out to him right away. Because of course, I'm on there and I'm like, wait a minute, I can't, you know, you can you can pick a jersey to ride in, but I'm like, oh, these are pretty boring. So the designer in me immediately freaks out. And there was nothing very girly. So I think I got an email from a friend of a friend of one of the guys that was involved. And I just, I've learned, you know what, just send an email and ask, be polite. And you don't always get what you want, but it doesn't hurt to ask. So I wrote this guy a note, I introduced myself and I said, hey, you know, I don't know if you guys take advertising or how this works. I'd love to be involved. I'd love to get a jersey or a kit on the platform. And they wrote me back and they're like, you know, thank you so much. We're, you know, overwhelmed with requests and we, you know, basically the canned response, but it was very polite. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I totally get that. Right. And um, it went away. And then last summer I got um, an email from a guy that was just, had just moved over to Zwift and he was doing new business development. And he had previously been at more than sport and we had exchanged a couple emails and never met in person. And he's like, Hey, I'm at Zwift and I'd love to get together. Are you guys going to be in Kona? I'd love to have a face-to-face. Wow, a face-to-face. Hmm. Awesome. So we um, we met up in Kona in October and we just sat there and he brought, um, they're basically based in the UK and he brought one of his head guys who runs a triathlon division and we put our heads together and said, you know, what could this look like? And, um, you know, they said, we'd love to have a jersey on there. We'd love to have some Betty workouts. We're going to have a women's week and you guys are going to have a ride every day. And I, my head was exploding. <laughs> so um, at the end of the day, we have two kits on Zwift, which is, it blows my mind every time I'm on there. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, we were speaking before, I, I just felt the vibe coming from you. Like you were so just proud of this and um, it, it, it's got to be so cool just to see your design out there with, you know, I don't know how many users are on Zwift. They don't, they hide the numbers obviously, but your rides must get a ton of people on there. You know, we get a good, we get a good group. I don't really know. I mean, they've got so many different things. They've got Fondos and they've got, Mm -hmm. you know, ride with the pros, like the cycling pros. And when you, when you've got the men's market and a unisex, you know, Fondo thing going on, those are really big. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know where we fit in. I feel like we've had some really good success during women's week. We had, you know, somewhere around 80 to 90 participants every day, which I thought was a great number. And it's women only, by the way, they don't let the guys in. So I'm really sorry, but you cannot ride around in Watopia in a pink Betty kit. Okay. Uh, wait, I'm going to stop you there because I seen a couple of my buddies <laughs> with them on and I'm like, you guys suck. So you went into the ride and changed your gender. Oh, they did. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky. You know, I was wondering if that could happen. 
yes. I tried to have my husband try that and he didn't. He was, I don't know why. Um, He's too manly. Yeah. They're like, no, you're too manly. We know it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the participation has been pretty good. It's to me, it's a little bit more challenging now going on with twice a week rides because most of our girls that come and join the rides are triathletes and there's a race every weekend, multiple races every weekend across the globe. So um, people have their own agendas in terms of their training. Uh, but we're still seeing, I mean, I don't know, you get 30 people on a ride. I think that's pretty good. What the heck do I know? Yeah. I mean, that's 30 people that you didn't have, you know, uh, before right. this whole thing started. So why not? Right. And they're from all over the world. So that's the really neat thing. You're sitting there pedaling and you know, their names and the country they're from will pop up and we can message each other during, during the group workout or the group ride. And so that's really fun. So someone will pop on. Hey, hi, I'm from, you know, Germany. This is my first time. And so you can respond back. And I don't know, the women are pretty chatty. I, I'm, I'm guessing the guys aren't as chatty when they're riding. No, the, the guys are a-holes on our rides. <laughs> <laughs> and all they do is is complain about who's riding too fast in the front or who's, it's, it's like, come on. Well, that's right. That's real life, isn't it? That's it a good point. <laughs> So I think it's the same. And when girls go for a group ride, we chit chat. I mean, that's just how it goes. That's awesome. <laughs> but now, so as a business owner, that's got to be so cool for you because now once the ride is complete, these, let's go back to the, the, the first, the quote unquote, the first timer from Germany. Now she's going to ride for the next couple months with that Betty jersey on, on her own. Well, we hope so, right? Yeah. It gets added, it gets added to her closet and we hope she chooses it. That's what, you know, and, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. It's neat. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, so one of my earlier podcasts, I actually had Jordan Rapp on from Zwift and, uh, the secret sauce with the jerseys is a lot of, so they, they came out with a couple of them and then everybody and their brother was like, Hey, I want my Jersey out there for obvious yeah. reasons. And, you know, he's telling me this from a program perspective, it's impossible. Like it's just, it takes a small miracle to get that thing designed right. So mm -hmm. you have this thing cornered because they're not really doing a lot of new jerseys now. Um, so if you got the coolest jersey out there, everybody wants the pink Betty jersey. They're not going to take that thing off. <laughs> I hope not. Well, I email with Jordan a lot. He's been very patient with me because I am not a tech geek. Mm -hmm. And while their interface was pretty good, there was um, some things I had to do in the back end of the of the coding where I would put a couple characters in incorrectly for an apostrophe you had to use a special key and I was not privy to that so poor Jordan he was very patient because he would say like oh it almost uploaded but it didn't here's why and I'm like oh shucks next time I promise um, I really try I'm really trying I really really am so <laughs> that's so cool yeah it's, I've, I've done a couple of rides with pros um i'll you know one of my other guests ivan dominguez has a has a saturday morning ride and uh, you crack up because you know a lot of these guys aren't tech guys so they're out there doing the group workout and and like their computer will go down and all the riders are like oh this sucks what happened you? you know and he's like i can't get back on i can't find you guys <laughs> well i do confess that has happened to me twice one time i ran out of battery power shame on me that was quite embarrassing and literally this past Tuesday, I was, I get on in advance and I make sure everything's connected. And then I go and I get dressed and I went back in the, um, in the garage and I joined the group workout and I was sitting there warming up. But somehow when we, when it was go time, um, 
I don't know. It didn't read my kicker anymore. So I went on and off. And anyway, I ended up going for a run. And I apologized to the girl. I said, you guys, I'm really sorry. Um, but they had the workout. The workout was up on the screen for them. So I didn't get any nasty emails. I'm hoping it ended up being okay. But I was like, I, I tried everything. And just stuff happens sometimes. Yeah, well, that was me emailing you back. It's like you apologize. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Stuff happens. Yep. <laughs> totally. Cool. So so we we jumped over like the entire beginning. Um, which this is no, this is this is all good. I I sometimes like going to the end and then kind of. So what's you know what's the backstory? How did you get to? How did how did Kristen Mayer get to getting your Betty design on Zwift? So um, your background is a fine arts degree and a business minor from USC. Correct. Yep. And it was only because your dad told you to get the business minor that you kind of went down that path. Yeah, he did. And um, it was probably a good thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, wa- I always knew I wanted to do something creative. I didn't know what that was going to mean for a job. But I did know from the time I was really little up until I was looking, you know, to go to college, something with art. But I didn't have a business sort of mindset. So I d- didn't know what that meant. Um, and my dad sort of panicked because I chose USC and a and, you know, fine arts program. He said minor in business, but he was like, you have to promise me you're not going to become a painter and try and sit on the sidewalk of Venice beach and sell your art. And I said, dad, I, I promise you that's not my goal. And I knew that that was what I didn't want to do. I wasn't going to be a fine artist trying to sell my work. Um, so, and what I tell my son to this day is try some things because the beauty of it is not only will you eventually find what you like, you definitely find out what you don't like and what you don't want to do. And that's equally important. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I do a lot of job shadowing for my career, not my non podcasting career. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's more important for me to tell students what they, they, when they find out that they don't like what I do, I'm like, good, better to find out now than get into something for a couple of years and be miserable at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when did it finally click that you could kind of make a living off of your, your passion for, art and design well I always think that life is is so interesting it's it's the right place at the right time and then I always say like be polite and be kind um and be humble and honest because you know it is who you know and this is what happened to me I grew up on the east coast and I didn't know all of this until I was at USC and I was looking for you know what I was going to do with my last last year at USC and my dad's like hey, do you really know what you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I want to do something graphic design. I don't want to be a painter. And he's like, well, this this guy, Bobby Greenberg, do you remember him from Framingham? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, he's got this company in LA called LA Gear. I'm like, the sneaker brand? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so basically what ended up happening was my dad reached out to him and said, hey, my daughter's at SC. She's looking for an internship. And I wasn't looking to be paid. It was just like, hey, I want to find something to do my last semester and kind of get my feet wet. And get the ball rolling and so it was because of that call my dad made which yes I mean yes my dad made the call and you know what I would do that for my son as well um, and then the, he's got to let it go and it's up to me from there um, but I got the internship and I worked for my last semester for free I'd go in a couple days a week and I worked in the ad department with a bunch of guys who at the time were in their mid-30s and they treated me like a little sister and we were there was no computer stuff. It was literally cutting up copy with an exacto knife and p- pasting it up on poster board to make advertisements. And I really enjoyed it. And um, 
uh, graduation time came and they said, Hey, do you want to stay on? I said, Oh my gosh, I would love to. So that was really great. And then probably about six months after that, I'm just, you know, doing my thing in the art department and and Robert Greenberg, Bobby Greenberg comes wandering back, the owner of the company. And he's like, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing, Kristen? Are you having fun back here? Oh my gosh. Yes, I am. (laughs) Well, is there anything else that interests you in the company that you'd like to do? And I was like, my eyes just like popped out of my head. And I was like, actually, I was fascinated by the footwear design department. And I would see the designers in there with their heads down at their drafting tables. I was like, I really would love to design some shoes. He just says, okay, well, we'll bring you over there and we'll, we'll show you what it's all about. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? So I kind of hit the lottery again and I go in there and I end up staying. But um, we used to draw by hand shoes and I went from a junior designer to leading a whole product category. Um, and it was one of the coolest experiences because LA gear was in, you know, the top of its heyday at the time. And um, we would go to the super show in Atlanta, which was a huge sporting goods trade show. And we were one of the hottest brands to see at the show. And as the design team, we were treated like royalty because it was weird. It was like anything we created would sell like hotcakes. So I don't know. It was almost, I've almost had some really surreal experiences in my career path. And that's definitely that came out of the gate with a pretty, pretty awesome one. So um, everything kind of built from there. Have, have you read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. that's an outlier moment, right? Like if, if LA gear wasn't the top shoe company back then, um, you know, you, that you would not have been the opportunity that you have right now. I know. Well, it's every stepping stone, right? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, you know, LA gear got bought and sold and these Reebok executives came in and they ran the company a lot more, what I would say formal with a big marketing department. And I had people to report to who are direct, you know, a product marketing guy would write the brief and I would be in charge of getting it, you know, told down to the junior designers and, we come up with the lines and I was sort of like around almost the six year mark and I was getting a little bored. Mm-hmm. I tend to do that, which is why I'm a triathlete. <laughs> I, I get bored. I have to admit, and I got to try to find a new challenge. So um, things were kind of getting a little crazy with the, with the um, buying and selling of the company. And one of the Reebok execs, he was moving on and uh, he was a big, and he's coming down to San Diego to run Voight sports and Voight sports made basketballs, footballs, snorkeling gear they were like you know walmart brand big walmart brand and he said to me he said well if you're kind of tired of the design thing you want to try some marketing why don't you come move to san diego and you can uh, try that <laughs> i mean are you kidding me how does this even happen and this is all i know at the time you know i, I didn't go on a bunch of interviews i didn't have this resume that went out to 100 places and i got rejection letters so i got to go and try something else that i was interested in and my family had just relocated from the Boston area to the San Diego area. So I was more than willing to go. Um, and I was just thinking about doing my first triathlon. So all these pieces sort of fell into place for me. Um, I've been really, gosh, I've just been really fortunate in, in thinking back on all this stuff. But I tried the marketing thing for a while. And guess what? I got bored. Shocker. <laughs> so... I went back to school. I learned the um, Apple computer. I learned Photoshop and Illustrator. And I really wanted to go more of the graphic design route, having been exposed to ad agencies and things like that. And 
you know, long story short, while I was in school, I sort of took on some freelance jobs locally here in San Diego in the, um, you know, endurance sports industry, you know, doing things for like actually my old triathlon coach, he had a small company. So I was doing some brochures for them and some ads. And so it sort of started that way is really where it started. And it just built from there. And it was really word of mouth. Yeah, because triathlon, well, you were in San Diego, which was the triathlon mecca. I mean, it's still obviously powerful now. Yes. But So you knew everybody in the scene and everybody yep. knew you. Yep. Um, you know, it was what, the late 90s? So it was... That was mid, mid-90s I arrived. And yeah, mid to late 90s, I was racing a ton. I mean, competitor publishing is here, triathlete magazine. Um, and then a lot of the brands, I mean, Avia and Tinley started down here, um, just to name a couple. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was like a big, it was, I realized I got kind of brought into this community, not only professionally, but also recreationally. And I tied it all together and I thought, how lucky am I? I get to work and play and live in this space that I love. But still no Betty Designs idea popped in your head at this time, right? Because that didn't come about until much later, 2010? Much later. Um, you know, I'll skip all the, all the details in between. But really happened is I always freelanced. I had a little graphic design side business going. And eventually what ended up happening was when Paula Newby Frazier, Heather Fuhr, um, Peter Reed, they were all at the top of the sport. And this was late 90s. And their agent, Murphy Reinschreiber, and his wife would once in a while try and source some custom gear for one of them, you know, to put their sponsors on. And the only company they ever worked with was out of the country of Columbia. And they would have me sketch up a swimsuit or, you know, for Lori Bowden, I did a swimsuit. She won Ironman. And I, gosh, I should know the date on this, but she won in a Daisy swimsuit that I designed in Kona. (laughs) That's awesome. And that was so flipping cool (laughs) but I still didn't think I was going to ever do my own clothing thing not in a million years this was just a little graphic design gig um but I you know I had gotten married I had a a six-year-old son and after almost 14 years of marriage my husband at the time was done and and we split and it was devastating um I did not know what I was going to do because a freelance income is great when you have another income but on its own it just wasn't sustainable juggling 30 gigs at a time and trying to keep the house I was living in. I mean, it's not, it's not cheap to live here. And I, I had a bit of a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. And um, I met, I met a guy who is now my current husband and we were not dating. We were, we were just friends. And um, he had, he had kind of heard about me through cycling and triathlon. And so we met through riding, but then, you know, he said to me, he said, you look like, he goes, you know, I've kind of looked at your work. Like you, you look pretty talented. Like you seem pretty talented. Like <laughs> what are you doing messing around with everyone else? Why don't you do your own thing? And I start crying. That's all <laughs> I did. This was in the days of all I did was cry. And I'm bawling <laughs> saying, I can't start my own business. I don't know how to run a business. I don't have any money to start a business. Um, and then the third thing I said, which is so laughable is I can't compete with Nike. Oh, geez. So, I mean, I was really, I had no concept of what it meant to start something like that. Even though I was a freelance graphic designer, that was different. That was little side gigs. How do you start a business and a brand? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially if you're only, um, like, 
if you right away think you're, you have to compete against Nike, right. you guys, that's, that's the least of your work. Nike is the least of your work. <laughs> you think, you think <laughs> I've, I've learned a little bit between uh, 2010 and now, but <laughs> I couldn't figure out, I only went to Z. I didn't know how to go from right. A to Z or even <laughs> A to A to D. You know, I, my mind just went all the way. I don't know if that, that's gotta be the type A triathlete thing, totally. but but that's what my mind did. And I was absolutely overwhelmed, but it was also in a very overwhelming time of my life. So, but thank goodness, you know, his name is Matt. He, he gave me a kick and he's like, well, he's, he just looks at me and he says, well, do you know how to get some jerseys made? And I said, well, yeah, I can go ask, you know, these guys in Vista that I've been working with. He goes, okay, well, do you know how much they cost? I go, I can ask, but I think they're going to be about 50 bucks a piece. Well, can you buy like 20? You know, and it was like the simple little, he just broke it down into the baby right. steps for me. And so I went to the company and I, I, I sketched up a design and I just said, you know, hey, you guys, I want to buy 30 jerseys. And if I can sell them, I'll come back and I'll order more and do a matching short is literally what I said. <laughs> and I took them in a backpack to Kona because I was going to spectate. <laughs> Did you have a, was the, but there wasn't, was there a name on them? Was this Betty design? There was just no name. No, there was Betty Designs. I had had, yeah, I guess that's backtracking a little bit on the name, but I had had a branding company called Brandopolis with a business partner. That's right. And then we split and I went off on my own and I kind of took on my little, my little freelance company. It was called Brand Betty. I wanted something playful. I didn't want to take myself too seriously. I was always you know, I'm a very green surfer. I, I like to surf, but I'm, I'm really not very good. And I like really small waves. But Betty was kind of the slang for hot surfer chick. And I yep. thought it was really cute. So I adopted that brand Betty. And then when I decided to do my own line, it just seemed natural to say Betty Designs. Okay. And then, did you have the logo to the, um, the butterfly and skull? That came at about the time the name did. It all kind of hit at the same time. And the, the skull butterfly came from a couple of things. Um, when I was racing, I was petrified of open water swims with surf, surf entry, not like lake swims, but right. the big surf, anything over three feet. And I would absolutely have a meltdown. So I was just irrationally fearful. I could swim perfectly fine. Um, so I wore a skull necklace every race and I had it tucked in my tri top because it was going to make me tough on the day that was going to bring me my inner strength. <laughs> that's awesome and um you know and then i i always when i was racing i was making i was actually making myself a couple things to race and i had started doing that i found people who would make me a one-off swimsuit or something oh my gosh i raced in a swimsuit yes i did embarrassing um <laughs> but i wanted to look like a girl and i wanted to be tough and so it was sort of like those two things came together for me you know the skull and the butterfly and that's really what it is. It's like you can be strong and beautiful and it's okay to, to be a feminine woman and go and, and, you know, throw down in an event and try and just push yourself to the limit. I just think there's something cool about that. And it's, it's also really cool for me when I see a woman who can do that out on the race course and then, you know, clean herself up and she just walks into a room and she's a woman. <laughs> I don't know. I just love that. <laughs> No, well, that's your whole your whole mantra, right? Badass yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, yep. Although I'm sure your son thinks you're a big dork, but that's okay. He definitely does. He also thinks I'm very old. I'm <laughs> very old, mom. 
when are you, when are you going to stop riding your bike? Like, why are you still riding your bike? And my answer is, I just love it. And I can. That's so, funny. yeah. So, okay. So you're in Kona with a backpack full of jerseys and, um, and then you just start schlepping them. So I, oh, the first day I'm walking up and down the streets, I have a jersey on. I'm walking around, yes, in a cycling jersey and a pair <laughs> of running shorts and my backpack. And I'm walking down this little side of, you know, a bunch of little shops. And this woman comes running out after me. Excuse me, excuse me. And I'm like, yes. Well, what is that shirt you're wearing? Is that a cycling jersey? Well, yes, it is. Well, what is that? Who makes that? And I said, well, actually, I, I designed it. And it's, it's, you know, I didn't even say the word brand or my company. I was sort of like, well, yeah, it's Betty. You know, I, I go by Betty Designs and this is my logo. And she's like, do you have any more in that bag? She was hilarious, and she had a little shop right there, a little bike shop, and she brought me into the shop, and she bought 15 of them off me right then and there and put them in the shop. Oh. And so, see, that was half of them? Yeah, it was half of them, and it was was neat for me because I went, okay, this is a complete stranger who doesn't know anything about me. So she's not like saying, oh, Kristen, you did such a nice job. It was, you know, I wanted to see if anyone was going to notice this jersey. It was really why I was walking around. It was anyone going to stop me and ask me what it was. And they did. Yeah, in 2010, I mean, I'm just, I mean, obviously now in 2018, it's like all, you know, everybody's trying to outdo themselves with craziness. But 2010, it was kind of drab with jerseys and, and tri kits. It really was. I mean, so it was, you know, it was Zoot, it was DeSoto, two times you was around. Um, Tier was doing some stuff. Speedo dabbled in it for a while, and and I mean, I feel like those those were the choices. And they're really, I think I know Terry had a cycling company, Terry Bikes, but um, I don't think there were any women's triathlon brands at that time. Yeah, so here you are walking around, and in, in, in the, the the bike shop owner catches your jersey in her eye and falls in love with the jersey and and so that was that must have clicked in your mind like holy crap i think i have something here absolutely and you know by the end of the week the the backpack was empty it (laughs) really and i also made a handful of these old school tennis like 70s terry cloth wristbands because i thought they were really neat and i had the skull butterfly logo embroidered on them i paid an arm and a leg for them relatively speaking for a silly little wristband but I loved that sort of thing. So I just made a couple of things that I liked and people seemed to like it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go home and I got to order more and I got to do a matching short. <laughs> so, so did you, on your, on your flight home, did you kind of figure out like, what am I going to do with this whole thing? Can I make a living off of this? Yeah. I mean, it was still an unknown. And so I, I, I came home and, um, Matt, who had given me the kick, he's just like, hey, I can help you set up a WordPress website. I didn't know anything about web, right. you know, website stuff. And he's like, I had, so we, we put up, you know, kind of my portfolio of graphic design. And then I had a sketch of the jersey and the short. And I had a PayPal, you know, pay by PayPal button. And that's how it started. But I still didn't believe it was a business. I still thought it was a side thing. And I thought, well, if I can sell one item a day, that will supplement my freelance income and I thought you know what that could be pretty good for my son and I so yeah and, and this is it's funny you know it's like putting it into perspective you know this is again 2010 so right so there's no Instagram there's no Facebook or not no. how it is today um 
it, you have to go on a word like WordPress. It's this would take you thirty seconds on a cell phone right now, but back then it was just so arduous. It was, but the weird thing is, I really again third time I was in the right place at the right time, and I didn't know it at all because yeah. I still didn't understand that I was going to launch an online business. I really didn't like it, you know, direct to consumer. I had no, that never, that language didn't even enter my brain. So, but I don't, and I don't know the year that Instagram actually came officially on, but I basically built my business via Instagram and that, and I gave, you know, when I was racing, I had some product sponsors. I had eight years with Speedo and then another eight years with Zoot. So I was used to the like, Oh, I represented a brand and I found some age group athletes that I knew just from my own community that were racing that I really liked. And I was like, Hey, do you guys want to wear this? Um, and it wasn't many people. It was like two people, but that was, I just, you know, and I had, but I found, you know, two people who were so excited to wear it. And that's how I felt when I was racing. I was so proud to represent Speedo when I did. I was so proud to represent Zoot and I sort of, I was hoping to find a couple of those and I did. And so I just thought, you know what, if someone else, women love to chat each other up. So we're, we can be anywhere. I've chased women out of coffee shops over a pair of leggings. <laughs> if we see someone wearing something we, we like and we think is cute. I mean, some of us will go running out of a coffee shop to a complete stranger. Um, and that's just the beauty of being a woman because we do compliment each other and, you know, and so I figured, you know, eventually maybe, you know, one or two people will see it and then two more people will see it was the thought. And and that was kind of, that was the start of the Betty ambassadors is where you're going with this, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a, um, I didn't do a formal ambassador team. So this is year four. So 14, 15, no, 15, 16, 17. So 2015 is when we did the first official um Betty squad because prior to that I was I was managing a local team with a local bike shop so I did design a Betty kit Mm -hmm. in conjunction with a local bike shop here and we had 10 of us racing under that but the official you know Betty squad started in 2015 and that first year I think we had about 50 girls from around the world because one of them no it was definitely around the world because there's a couple Canadians that have been with me from day one there's definitely Americans that have been with me from day one and then one woman in the UK who's been with me from day one right. so um yeah and I don't really remember how I found them I think it was had to be through Instagram and racing sure. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they must have found you or vice versa right yeah something I know I know one of the girls Allison from Canada she she knew a girl that I trained with here locally and she came into town and she had probably heard about Betty from, from her friend Kirsty, who was who I was swimming with and racing with. And so she came over to the house and she bought a couple things. I mean, this was early on. And she's been a lifer. I mean, she's she's just fantastic. And she's still an ambassador. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my first interaction running with with Betty Design. So I'm in Connecticut. So obviously three thousand miles from where you are. And I was at a race a couple of years ago and this woman flew by me with the, uh, the skull and butterfly logo on her back or backside. <laughs> and I was like, that girl is fast. And what kind of kid is she wearing? That thing is awesome. <laughs> um, and that kind of led me to, to you guys. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's how it goes. And, you know, um, 
we hope that the more that are out there, the more women will come up and, and chat the girls up. And one of the neatest things actually that I've really found, found, and it's not just the ambassador, ambassadors are absolutely amazing women, but I've even found just being either on a race course or on the sidelines of a race course, because I, I now do more cheering than I do actual racing. Mm-hmm. When I see a woman in Betty, and this is just sort of organically happened, you just yell, go Betty. <laughs> And women, so our ambassador girls will do that for anyone they see in a Betty kit. I was just in Chattanooga last week for the Hincapie Grand Fondo. And um, I did the 80 miler. One of my top ambassadors did the 50 miler, Robin Wilhelm. And she won, which um, she's a super stud. And she ended up standing at that finish line because there are probably about 12 girls on the course and doing various um, distances of the event in Betty kits and she waited for every single one and congratulated them and introduced herself and talked to these Bettys, if you will. So everybody's, even though if you're not an official ambassador, we kind of, you're a Betty. Right. And I went up and talked to a couple of them, just, you know, wandered up and sat down while we were waiting for awards and chatted them up. Cause one of them was in a kit that was like really old. And I was like, Holy cow, that thing's still together, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for wearing it. And, when she figured out who I was, she was really excited, which is always a little bit, a little bit uh, strange, but just super nice woman. And, you know, it's just neat. It's really, it brings, it brings people together, which I, which I've really loved about it. And that was not, you know, like a conscious planning on my part. Um, but it's one of my favorite parts because friendships have been made for a lifetime, I believe, um, with the girls meeting each other and, and having the same passion. So. Well, isn't it cool when that when it grows organically, right? Like you never set out to build this female brand of badass or badass women, and uh, it just kind of happened on its own. Um, yeah, it did. I mean, I you know I knew what I liked, and oh my gosh, there's other people that are just like me. It's really neat. <laughs> there goes that word again. It's neat. Everything's really neat. No, but you know, and <laughs> and, and look, and I, and I truly appreciate you saying yes to come on the first time and the second time. (laughs) Um, But I think it goes back to your roots, right? You people said yes to you. And you just, in my opinion, Christine, like a very humble person and kind of give back the same way that was it was given to you to begin with. I try to because I will never forget those that said yes, and gave me the chance. That's awesome. I want no good. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. What else? <laughs> I want to know as I want to wrap this up, I, I was kind of going through my notes and I, I found a quote from you and, and I'm going to I'm going to give you it's, I think it's your quote. It's um, don't wait for your life changing moment. Yep. Yep. That was in the first bit. That was in the video we put together called the story of Betty designs. Um, and that was yeah, I did a voiceover and um, that was one of the things I said, because for me, it took that life-changing moment. Um, you know, I didn't, like I like we talked about, I didn't have that goal of starting my own business or my own brand, but I know a lot of people do now, you know, with the way technology has grown. And I've talked to women who want to start their own business, whatever that might be. And it's like, don't wait. I mean, really, just don't. But I, I am now that I can look back on it so fortunate for the misfortune because <laughs> we would not be speaking right now. That's awesome. No, I just, I, I think that quote, I found it and it just kind of sums up everything you said in the past 30 plus minutes. It just, it seems like a great mantra that you live your life by. Yeah. I mean, and it's, 
I don't know. I've always been one of those. If someone presents an opportunity to me and I'm into it, I'm like all in like, holy cow. Yeah, let's do it. And my thing also is too, you know what, if it doesn't work, as long as you're not hurting somebody else and I mean, occasionally you do and you <laughs> apologize, but you know what, you can always go back and, and do something else or make a change. And that's the beauty, right? So if there's something that you want to do, give it a shot. That's awesome. I, um, I think the advice is perfect and, and you are a true testament to that advice. You proved it. So uh, kudos to you. Well, thanks. Awesome. I am, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to leave it here because I think we kind of just, this has been great. And I, again, truly appreciate you doing this a couple times with me. And um, yeah, so thank you so much, Chris, and for coming on. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun chatting with you multiple times, actually. It's been, a, it's been, I like your, and I told you, I like your voice. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I think it's cool. I think, um, you know, I, hopefully we could stay connected and um, yeah, follow your sure. journey. Really enjoyable. Well, I'm going to follow yours now too. I've definitely gone back and listened to a couple of podcasts and I've got, a, I've got a couple more, so awesome. I'll be doing that. Yeah. So thanks again for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Kristen. You have a great day and we'll talk soon. You too. Okay. All right, there you have it. My conversation with Kristen Mayer of Betty Designs. Uh, again, want just to thank Kristen so much for coming on my show. We alluded to it a couple times in the conversation, but this is actually the second time we had to record. The first conversation got all messed up uh, from an audio perspective, but um, I'm actually kind of glad we got to record twice because the second episode was so much better and our conversation was just awesome so again you know how to find chris and, and her brand betty designs they're all over the triathlon community especially on instagram at betty designs and remember that badass is definitely beautiful all right everybody thank you so much for listening to my show until next time you know how to find me jmac underscore tries talk soon